Hey, this is Dino, and I'm the pastor of Revolution Church. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope this message is encouraging to you and will help you to discover God's unchanging love. For more information, visit our website at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Hey, what's up, Revolution? God bless you guys. Thank you guys for joining us today. We are going to have a great time in this journey where we are discovering God's unchanging love. That's the vision of our church, and we hope that you are jumping on with us and and, uh, enjoying the journey the same way we're enjoying this journey. You know, when, when you see the different sides of God and how much He loves you and how much He loves us, it's just a journey that just keeps going and going and going. So God bless you. Thank you guys for joining us today. And obviously, we're in a new series today called Making Jesus Great Again. Make him great again. You know, Jesus has always been great. Always remember that. And so I've heard a few folks say that, you know, um, sometimes there's a comment or two about that. But listen, you have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus has always been great. But the problem is, is the way culture and society and circumstances, even religion can sometimes water down how great Jesus really is. And the goal of this series is to get us to understand once and for all and serve as a great reminder that Jesus is great. And if you could put him in that great place in your life, I just, I am simple enough to believe that miracles can happen, deliverance can happen, breakthrough can happen. I really believe this with all my heart. I really believe that that if we continue to talk about this and we can put it in people's minds that Jesus is really great, that we can experience a revival, a revival that our country, I believe, is just ready for, we're primed for. And I just believe the more we talk about how great Jesus is, the more he's going to become great to us as we step out and then expect big things from God. Are you believing for big things? Are you expecting big things, then listen, here, make Jesus great again in your mind, all right? And so maybe this series will serve as a reminder. This series will serve as an opportunity to refresh you. And here's the second goal of the series, right? If you don't know Jesus, and if you don't know how great our wonderful Jesus is, then I'm going to invite you to become a Christian. I'm going to invite you to join us in this walk of faith with Jesus, and I just believe your life will never be the same again. All right, so last week, we talked about how approachable Jesus was. And I, and I still believe that one of the, the first things when you study the life of Jesus and what made him great was how approachable he was. The neglected, the rejected, the outcasts all found their way to Jesus. And Jesus, in this most unbelievable way, received every one of them. He didn't reject a single one of them. And it's one of the reasons why people just flocked to his ministry. He was so approachable. And we found out last week that he's still approachable and still doing great things in our life. So Jesus was so approachable. Go back and listen to that message last week. You can, you can, you can do that on our website. And all the archive messages are there uh, for that matter. So please do so. But today, I'm going to talk about something different. Another concept, another side of Jesus that really makes him great. That sometimes we just forget. We take a statement. We take this statement I'm about to say so for granted. We really don't know what it means. And today we're going to dive into it. Get your Bibles. 
Come on, get ready for this. I just believe God is going to show us another side of how great Jesus really is. As we talk about today, that God is faithful. All right, so let's pray. Let's get into this. And come on, I want you to really, really join your faith with me today with your Bibles. I want you to see the scriptures for yourself and let hope rise in your heart because Jesus is going to be great again in our lives. All right, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you for the wonderful opportunity we have to always share the Word of God. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak through me. Speak, allow the listener and the hearer to receive the things that they need to hear. And Lord, I just ask you for liberty. I ask you for your precious spirit to rise up big in me today and that we would all be blessed as we make Jesus great again in our minds. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So if you have your Bibles, your reading devices, whatever it is that you have, come on, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we're going to read verse 9. We're going to read this together because I want you to see it for yourself. I really believe as you see it for yourself, it's going to make a big difference in your life. And then it's going to make a big difference not only for you, but for you to be able to tell other people as well. All right. So look at this. 1 Corinthians 1 9. God is, come on, what? Faithful. God is faithful. Watch this. By whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God is faithful because he called us into fellowship with Jesus. This is awesome. This is the foundation for why God is so faithful. We think God is faithful because, you know, he answers prayer. God is faithful because of breakthroughs. God is faithful because of whatever. But I want you to know the foundation for the faithfulness of God is this, because he called us into fellowship with Jesus and fellowship with himself. And we're going to find out about what this really means, okay? All right, what is faithfulness? What is faithfulness? A lot of definitions, a lot of explanations. Some would say faithfulness is being true to one's word or being true to their promises, doing what they say they're going to do, or being reliable, being trusted, being believed. All right. So those people in our life that, that, that we depend on, that are reliable, that are faithful. We prize them, right? We hold them close. I think about certain people in my life that I hold close. My brother, Anton, you guys know we have a great relationship. He's faithful. And they're different one, different, different relationships that I have. I think, I think of Jason. I think of, 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 of Pastor Ray, faithful, loyal, different people in my life, different people in your life that you know you have been able to hold on to. And I think about this all the time because there's this, this, this you know, when you find a faithful person and you find somebody that, that you know can be trusted, you hold them close. And I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, Pastor Dino, you can, you, you can trust me. I'm behind you. I'm, I'm so far behind you. You know, and I cannot tell you how many times I look up and I say, yeah, you're so far behind me. I can't even see you. So we hold on to people who are faithful and who are trusted. And we're going to find out today that there is no one more faithful than our God and no one more faithful than Jesus in our life. I want you to, I want you to write this definition down that, that I came up with 
that I believe is going to be a real blessing when you start to think about God being faithful. Of course, he can be trusted. Of course, he can be relied on. Of course, he's true to his promise. Of course, all of that stuff. But how about this one right here? Write this down. I believe faithfulness is an unfailing loyalty despite extenuating circumstances. An unfailing loyalty despite extenuating circumstances. I love this definition because when you think about loyalty and when you think about faithfulness, they go together here. And I want you to see this throughout the scripture, how Jesus lived this, how Jesus demonstrated this. There's probably no, no other uh, uh, example that's greater than the unfailing loyalty that Jesus had to Peter. And when Peter failed Jesus at his time of need, but despite that extenuating circumstance of Peter failing Jesus, Jesus remained faithful to Peter. Come on, get a hold of this. Yeah, I heard some mm-hmm's in the studio. That's okay. Remember this, you guys. There's so many different examples of this. How, how listen, listen, Jesus loved his disciples. He loved them. There was a time when they were sitting at a table and they got into a fight about who was going to be greatest among them. They literally got into a fight about what positions at the table they were going to be sitting in. And Jesus was still faithful to them. There's an opportunity, the opportunities we talk about Thomas. You've heard the scripture talk about doubting Thomas. You know, we should not call him doubting Thomas. One time the cat doubted and he got labeled doubting Thomas. But Thomas was actually a great disciple. And in the middle of that story where Thomas doubted Jesus, Jesus still was faithful to Thomas. And Jesus will still be faithful to you. If you find yourself doubting, I think about how when Peter, Peter's always in the middle of these things, when he was walking on the water and he was succeeding, and then he took his eyes off of Jesus and he started to sink. Jesus walked over and picked him up. Why? He's faithful. He was loyal despite the extenuating circumstance. Listen, despite the extenuating circumstance of Peter taking his eyes off of Jesus, of Peter denying Jesus, of Peter being the kind of person that he was, Jesus never stopped being faithful to him. Oh, come on, somebody. When you hear me say, God is faithful. I want you to see this. God is loyal despite extenuating circumstances because this is how he set it up. I want you guys to get a hold of this. I think about Judas. Judas who betrayed Jesus at such a dimension that you and I can't even understand, all right? And he's labeled as this betrayer. He's labeled as somebody that was that, that hurt Jesus really bad. But listen to this. Jesus still washed Judas' feet. Jesus still regarded Judas as his own. You have to get a hold of this. Why? He's faithful. He is loyal despite extenuating circumstances.
Get a hold of this. When we say God is faithful, I'm trying to tell you he is loyal and he is loyal despite any extenuating circumstance that you might find yourself in. This is what makes Jesus great. He is faithful. Come on. Have you forgotten how faithful he is? Have you forgotten how loyal he is? Then this series is for you. We're going to make Jesus great again. And today we're going to find out just how faithful he really is. All right. I want you to fasten your seatbelt. And let's read the scripture in the New Testament that's going to change you. That's going to change the way you see how faithful God is. All right, go with me. Come on. 2 Timothy 2.13. You heard me quote this scripture all the time, but today I want you to read it. I want you to see it in the word of God for yourself. And I just believe it's going to be a game changer for you. Look what it says here. 2 Timothy 2.13. I love this. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Why? Let's stop this. Just listen, if we are faithless, if we are not loyal, if we change our position, he remains faithful. He remains, God still remains loyal despite whatever extending circumstance you find yourself in. Why? He cannot disown himself. Mm. This is so beautiful. He cannot, it says, disown himself himself. See, there was an old, there, there was a time that when you were faithless, then God, in one sense, wasn't faithful to you. That was the way the Old Testament was set up. The Old Testament was set up in a way, we call it the law. It was set up in a way where the whole system was set up based on your faithfulness. If you were faithful, then you got a blessing. If you were not faithful, then you didn't get the blessing. All right? How many have ever heard this statement? The soul that sins must die. All right? A lot of us have heard that. I mean, if you haven't heard that, that's in the Old Testament. The soul that sins must die. That's the way it was set up in the Old Testament. All right, that soul that missed it, the soul that was unfaithful, the soul that sinned, man, there was calamity that chased them. And so there was this elaborate sacrificial system that was set up in the Old Testament where when you sinned or when you missed it, when you made a mistake, even honest ones, you had to go to the temple and you had to pay for a sacrifice and blood had to be shed and it all had to be covered because if you didn't, the soul that sinned must die. And something so spectacular happened. See, that whole system was set up in a way that we were going to fail because that system was a system of failure. You know why? Because man's faithfulness constantly fails. Even today as believers, as Christians, we still fail. We can still fail in our faithfulness. We still fail in our prayer life. We still fail in our devotion to the things of God, all right? And so, but something changed. And because God could see that this system wasn't working, his son, Jesus, said this. He took it upon himself to say, all right, I know it says the soul that sins must die. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to die. 
die for everybody's sins. I'm going to pay for their sins once and for all. We're going to set up a system that's not based on the faithfulness of men. We're going to set up a system that's based on the faithfulness of God so that when men fail, their failure will not be in themselves. They will see that that failure is in my faithfulness and I will not disown them. I'm going to create a system as what he says, you guys. I'm going to create a system where they're going to become sons and daughters of God. They're going to become children of God. That's the reason why they won't be disowned anymore. Come on, somebody. You got to get a hold of this today. God is faithful. He is loyal, unfailingly loyal, despite any extenuating circumstance we have ever experienced. Man, I hope you get a hold of this. This is what makes Jesus great again. Get a hold of this. God is faithful. Come on, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17. I want you to see this for yourself. You've got to see this. Let hope come into your heart. Let hope come inside of you today. Be renewed. Be refreshed today. Look what it says here. Therefore, verse 17, it was necessary for him, talking about Jesus, to be made in every respect like us. That's why he came in the form of a man. That's the reason why he came through the womb of a woman and came into this earth. So this way he could experience all of the things that you and I experienced. It was necessary for him to experience the pain of rejection. It was necessary for him to experience the pain of failure or the pain of not being believed or the pain of his family disowning him or the pain of his disciples rejecting him. It was necessary for him to experience that. Why? Because he knew you and I would experience the same things. So it was necessary for him to be made like us in every way. Then he says this, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be, watch this, our merciful and faithful high priest. I love this. Don't miss this right here. I, got, I just got to teach you on this for a second. That he would be merciful, meaning that you and I would now live in a time where we don't get the things that we deserve. We deserve the wrath of God. We deserve to be separated from God. But the Bible says he's merciful, and because of his faithfulness, that stuff is pushed off of us. And watch this, and he would be the faithful, the unwavering, loyal a God, the, un, the, un, the un, uh, unfailingly loyal Jesus, despite extenuating circumstances, that's what that means. He would be the faithful high priest before God. Why is this so important? Oh, don't miss this. Because in the Old Testament, that priest, he would go into the Holy of Holies once a year and he would represent the nation of Israel and he would pray for the nation that their sins would be covered annually. All right. But in this case, Jesus is saying, I'm going to go into the Holy of Holies. I'm going to be the faithful high priest once and for all. Watch this. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. What was that sacrifice? That sacrifice was his very life. When he said, I'll pay for their sins. I'll, I'll, I'll pay for their failure. I'll pay for the separation that exists now between God and men. This is why Jesus is great. He is faithful. He is unfailingly loyal to us, despite extenuating circumstances. Now listen, 
I want you to get a hold of this. If Jesus demonstrated this type of loyalty, if Jesus demonstrated this kind of unfailing loyalty to his 12 disciples, how much more so to you and me? The 12 disciples were not born again. They were not considered children of God. They were followers. And you see throughout the word of God how faithful, how loyal Jesus was to them. How much more will he be to you and I? Will you just let that sink in? That's why we're doing this series. That you would get a hold of this. That we would get a hold of this together. That he is faithful. That he is great. Because he is unfailingly loyal despite any, any, any extenuating circumstance that you and I would find ourselves in. Now go back and let's read 2 Timothy 2.13 again. Come on, let's read it again. Look what it says. Again, if we are faithless, if we are disloyal, he remains faithful. He remains unfailingly loyal despite any extenuating circumstance. Why? He cannot disown himself. He cannot disown you. When you become a child of God, he cannot disown you. And listen, I'll take it a step further. He won't disown you. Man, you got to get a hold of this. And here's why this is so important. All right. Let's take this a step further now. Come on. Are you with me? Let's go a little bit further in this. I want you to turn with me to 2 Thessalonians 3.3. And I want you to see this scripture in the light of the fact that he cannot and he will not disown you. Even when you are faithless, even when you are unfaithful, he will not disown you. I know. <laughs> I'm telling you. I can just hear some people who are really caught up with, I got to work to please God. I got to strive to please God. I could just hear you right now saying, wait a minute. You mean all the striving and all this work I'm doing is for nothing. He still loves me whether I do it or whether I don't. Yes, because he's faithful. <laughs> he is unfailingly loyal despite extenuating circumstances because he will not disown his own kids. That's what this means, you guys. Look what 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 says. Come on, stay with me in the Bible. Look. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is unfailingly loyal. Despite extenuating circumstances, watch this. Who will establish you and guard you from the evil one? This is amazing. This word establish means he will make you stable in your mind. The Lord is the one who makes us stable in our mind. All right? So I want you to get this. I want you to get this point. This is, this is so important. Being kept from the evil one is not based on your faithfulness. Being kept from the evil one is based on his faithfulness. Come on. You have to get a hold of this. The enemy wants you to think that it's based on your faithfulness. You get things based on your faithfulness. He wants you to focus on your faithfulness. And he's been doing this forever. So here's the deal. He wants you to focus on your 
failure. He wants you to focus on those times when you are unfaithful. He wants you to focus on that. Why? So that we would develop a failure mindset. Or we develop a mindset, well, sometimes God's going to do something for me, and sometimes God's not going to do something for me. Or how about this one? Sometimes God answers my prayer, and sometimes God doesn't answer my prayer. And his and the enemy's ultimate goal is to get us to think God is faithful sometimes. But I'm here today to tell you that God is faithful all the time because his faithfulness is not based on your faithfulness. His faithfulness is based on Jesus' faithfulness. And you have to get a hold of this. This is such a game changer. The enemy wants you focused on your inconsistencies. He, the enemy wants you focused on your failures. The enemy wants you to focus on how many times you've been unfaithful. How many times maybe you didn't go to church? Or how many times you didn't read your Bible? How many times you didn't pray? How many times have you rejected doing something for him? The enemy wants you to focus on that. But I'm here today to tell you, God wants you to focus on how faithful Jesus is. And when you begin to focus on how faithful Jesus is, then all of a sudden you begin to see unfaithfulness leave you. You'll begin to see inconsistency leave you. You begin to see that all of those rough edges that you had about you begin to leave you. Why? Because you realize he's not going to disown you. You realize that he is unfailingly loyal to you. So it's not about our faithfulness. It's about how faithful is the one that we trust. We have to stop looking at our faithfulness and keep looking at the one who is faithful. Come on, is somebody with me? Listen, this example I'm going to give you, I think, really makes a lot of sense. Parents, you understand it, especially parents with small children. Just listen. It's not about how much the small child holds on to the parent it's really about how the parent holds on to the small child. Get a hold of this. Don't miss this. All right. Now, now, as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about the first time that I took my children to the ocean. They were just little. All right. They wanted to experience the waves. Okay. So they got into the water and they, are, they were holding on to me. Okay. While those waves came crashing down. Okay. And do you really think for a minute that them holding on to me was going to prevent the waves from crashing down on them and taking them out to sea? Uh-uh. No way. Uh-uh. It was the way I held on to them when I knew that wave was coming crashing down on them that I knew that that wave wasn't going to take them out. Come on, are you guys with me? We're so focused on how we're holding on to God and the waves are crashing, circumstances are crashing, issues are happening, and we really think we're getting through those things based on the way we're holding on to God. When all along, you guys, it's God holding on to us. He's holding on to us through the storms. He's holding on to us with all those issues of life attack. It is God 
that's holding on to us. It's God that's got his grip on you. The enemy wants you to think it's all about you holding on to God. The enemy wants you to think it's about your grip holding on to God. But I hope you get the greatest news today. It's not about your grip. It's about his grip on you. His hold on your life. Come on, can you tell I'm fired up today? It's about his hold on your life. The way he's holding on to you. He's always been faithful. He's always been loyal. He's never Never changed his mind about his desire to bless you. Come on, get a hold of this today, you guys. Get a hold of this today. He's not going to disown you because of failure. He's not going to disown us because we make a bad choice. He's not going to disown us even because of secret sin in our life. That's not how he works. Mm -mm. He's holding on to you. He's holding on to you. Man, you have to get a hold of this. It's not about your faithfulness. It's about his faithfulness. And when you focus on his faithfulness, you will become more faithful. Get a hold of this, you guys. All right, look at this. God knew. God knew that there was going to be times in our life when we're going to waver. Come on. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I'm fired up here today. I'm out of breath preaching away here to... A little studio here. Listen, God knew there would be times in our life when we're going to waver. Have you ever wavered a time or two in your life? Come on, have you ever been up and down a time or two? In your life? Have you ever experienced some inconsistency a time or two in your life? And the Lord knew it. He knew that you and I would have this potential to waver, which is the reason why He set this new system up based on His faithfulness, not ours. Look what Hebrews 10, 23 says. Come on, stay with me. I want you to see these scriptures in the word of God for yourself. Look what it says. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He who promised is unfailingly loyal despite extenuating circumstances. So when it says, hold on to the confession of our hope, listen, can I just get you to be encouraged today that Jesus is great, he's always been great, and we're going to make him great again in our lives, and when you hold on to hope, when you hold on to the confession of your hope, what you're holding on to is saying, in the face of feeling like you have been faithless, understand that God still loves you. In the face, when you feel like you've been faith, faith, uh, faithless, God is still for you. In the face of failure, God is still saying, I'm holding on to you. That's what holding on to the confession of our hope means, guys. Today, hold on to it. Hold on to his faithfulness. Hold on to his faithfulness, which is always about loving you and making good on his promises, even though it looks like the promises aren't going to come to pass. So when you find yourself wavering, here's what I want you to do. I want you to judge him who is faithful. Judge him who is unfailingly loyal despite extenuating circumstances and find rest. Find rest. Focus on His faithfulness, not yours. And your life will change. I promise you. I thought about this so many times. Every time I think about how faithful God is, even when I've been faithless. You know, when we were, we were moving about five years ago, 
We had this really expensive furniture that was given to us, but we'd kind of grown out of it. And we had been trying to sell it. And, and we knew that when we moved, we didn't, it was going to cost more to actually move the furniture than to try to sell it. And so we just, I kept listing it on Craigslist and different, different, different exchanges, zero activity. And I'll never forget, I was on an airplane flying back to Michigan on, and the next day we were moving and this furniture had still not sold. And I just remember having this conversation with the Lord, you guys, if you can get a hold, you can talk to God, you can talk to Jesus. Just like I did on the airplane that day, I said, Jesus, you know I don't want to move that furniture. You know I've been trying to sell it for six months. It's expensive. And if I have to just, you know, send it to Goodwill, I will. I'll, I'll do that, you know. But, you know, I really would like to sell it. We could use the money as part, to pay for some of our move. And I literally just prayed that prayer and said, but Lord, you never let me down. And I just remember that feeling of wavering on the inside. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You pray and, and you, you know what I'm talking about. You, you get that wavering feeling on the inside. You're just like, okay. But I remember sitting on the plane. I kept saying, well, Lord, I, I'm just, I just have to trust you. Nothing changed on the airplane. I didn't feel this, this, this. This movement on the inside, and I didn't see, there was no cloud parting experience. Nothing changed. I prayed a simple prayer like that, and I just, I just said, at the end of the day, I'll just have to find a way to dispose of the furniture. So the, the family showed up. I mean, and a lot of you, there's some of you watching today, you were there that day. I'm thinking about, there's a handful of you that were there that day that helped us move that day. And we were moving the furniture, and two people showed up that day, our move day, that wanted to see both sets of furniture that we were selling and sold them on the move day. It was a miracle. It was an absolute miracle of God's faithfulness. I don't understand why sometimes it weeks all the way to the end. I have no idea. I don't know why God just he acts that way. I, I really don't know. But you know what? I know he's faithful. And whatever you're going through today, whatever promise, whatever situation, whatever circumstance you're finding yourself in, and you feel like God is not faithful, come on, just focus on his faithfulness. Just focus on his faithfulness, and you will see this thing come alive on the inside of you guys. Jesus is great. He's always been great. And today he wants us to understand how faithful he really is. It's a remedy. It's a remedy if you feel faithless. It's a remedy if you feel inconsistent. It's a remedy if you feel up and down. If you feel like you're lost all the time. Or you have good days of God and bad days of God. It's a remedy that as you focus on how faithful he really is, based on what he's done for you, based on how he will not disown you, it'll kick you in to be more faithful than you've ever experienced. I want to close today with this. I was thinking about a story that about a, a young man who had uh, gone away to college and a Christian man and young guy had everything going for him, scholarship, grades, um, uh, uh, teams were looking at him and, but he got away to college and the trappings of university life got a hold of him. 
And all of a sudden, he started to do things he had never experienced before. Started to drink, started to go to parties, and really didn't know how to handle the situation. Lost his scholarship, lost his place on the team, lost everything, and just feeling really down. And one day, the, the, this, this kid's father decided to reach out to him and text him and ask him this question. It's the question that I'm going to ask you. He asked him this question in a text. He said, what do you think God sees when he sees you? And the son read the text and he texted back. Nothing good right now, I suppose. And the father sent one simple text back. And it was this, Jesus. Son responds, what do you mean? Father responds back, God sees you. He sees Jesus. He doesn't see your failure. He doesn't see how you lost your scholarship. He doesn't see how you lost your place on the team. He doesn't see how you've lost uh, different things there with you know your grades and all that stuff. He sees Jesus. I want you to stop and think about this. That's exactly what the Father sees when He sees you. He sees Jesus. He sees that great high priest that went in to the Holy of Holies to pay for your sin. He sees the blood that was shed 2,000 years ago on the cross for you. He sees that Jesus is the one was faithful, not your faithfulness. Come on, are you guys getting, listen, losing the place on the team, losing the scholarship, losing all that stuff, maybe money, whatever it was, that's all bad too. Don't get me wrong. And there are consequences for that. Please understand that. But when God sees you, he doesn't see the failure. He sees Jesus. He sees the precious blood covers you. And he said, he will not disown you. He said that he is unfailingly loyal despite every extenuating circumstance. The Holy Spirit is here so strong right now. There are people you can't get past your failure. You, you, you've forgotten how great Jesus is. That's why we're doing this series is to help you right where you're at right now. Be reminded today how faithful God is. Be reminded in your wavering how faithful God is. Be reminded in your failure how faithful God is. Be reminded in your secret sin. You know what it is. He is still faithful to you. If you can see him, how faithful he is, that's what will pull you out of your secret sin. That's what will pull you out of that destructive behavior. See how faithful he is. And if you're watching today for the first time, you're like, I never knew that God was like this. I never knew that Jesus loved me like this. Well, today you do. Your first step in understanding this is 
really saying, I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to put my faith in his love for me. That's your first step. That's how you come to the place when you know he's not going to disown you. You have to know that Jesus died in your place. Jesus hung on the cross for you. Jesus allowed his blood to be shed for you so that you and I no longer could be separate from God, that you and I could become children, brothers and sisters of Jesus and children of the Most High God. That happens as you take a step towards him and you receive him as Savior. Today I'm going to bring, I'm going to give you an opportunity to step into a relationship with Jesus, putting your faith in Christ. If you've never done that, I'm, I want you to do right now as we lead you in a very, very simple prayer. And listen, maybe you're like me, you've heard about Jesus in a religious way. And today I want you to know it's not about religion. Today, it's all about relationship. That you can come into relationship with Him and come into a place where He will not disown you. What a deal. Right where you're at, I want you to bow your head. I want you to pray that simple prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. I believe you're the Son of God. You died for the sins of the world. Right now, I take my personal Savior, and it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hopefully this message was encouraging to you, and if it was, tell a friend. And thank you for your generosity. Your generosity enables us to take the message of God's unchanging love all around the world. For more information on how to give and about the ministry, visit us at therevolutionchurch.com. We'll see you right back here next week.